When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there's a misconception that if you're single, you are incomplete, perhaps damaged, salvaged, and you won't be happy until you find your one. And that is not true. That is bullshit. It is a message that has been fed to us by media and advertising. The truth is, when you're single, you have the richest soil for growth. That's why I created this podcast. And unlike other podcasts, this one is host-driven, not guest-driven. That means I will be rotating health and wellness experts three times a week to give you the giant box of wellness crayons, not just the primary colors, so you can start building a meaningful life. It's time to give singlehood a cape. Today's host is someone I go way back with. His name is Sean Cardinale. Sounds like a baseball player. He's a coach, writer, and activist who returned to coaching on sex and love addiction at the outset of the pandemic after a four-year hiatus. He speaks the language, and his coaching style tends to lean toward 12-step recovery, which saved his own life and livelihood 14 years ago. He's also very transparent. Sean earned his local certification through Linda Bark's holistic coaching methodology and is pursuing his ICF certification and a degree in social work. So beyond sex and love addiction, Sean's practice focuses on intimacy, relationships, divorce, dating, and the creative process. Enjoy Sean Cardinale. Hi, everyone. It's Sean Cardinale uh, on a podcast with one of my best friends in the world, Alan Herring III. It sounds very regal, Alan. It does. It sounds, it sounds it does. like you're a blue blood, but we all know where you really <laughs> come from. That's an insight. I no. know. <laughs> Alan is my best friend out here in the desert of New Mexico. Uh, he has a master's in cultural studies. I consider him kind of a savant, whether you talk about pop culture, movies, uh, intimacy, sexuality, dating. Uh, I really respect your point of view, Alan, and that's why I wanted to get you on this podcast. We're doing a little messy action today. It's uh, This is one of my right. first podcasts ever. So we're just going to wing it and see what the fuck happens. Also, hey, that's a good... No, well, okay. I, sometimes I cuss, but only if it, it leads to dramatic results. But like messy is fine because to me, that's exactly what dating is. And dating is messy. Uh, you know, it's not pretty and, but it's fun. If, if you're doing it right, it's fun. This is a perfect segue into exactly why we're talking tonight. So we'll try to keep people enthralled for about half hour, 35 minutes here. And um, again, so beyond all the kudos I just, uh, you know, heaped upon Alan, uh, he had a recent experience out here in the wilderness, the desert of dating in New Mexico. And uh, we're on this, Alan and I got to know each other uh, through, again, through recovery. Uh, we're in S groups, uh, 12 step. We talk a lot about our, you know, when we're having deep conversations, we get into our um 
addiction and our recovery and how we are now healthier men who are just, you know, navigating dating, navigating relationships, uh, uh, trying one day at a time to stay uh, uh, abstinent from the deleterious behaviors that used to really fuck with our respective lives, right? Fuck mm-hmm. with ourselves, our jobs, our families, our health, everything, right? And uh, 14 years we've known each other. And there's a big difference between the two younger men who met each other back then and the men now, right? Oh, heavens. Well, yes. I, you know, but I, that's, yeah, it's fascinating to see that it's been like, I want to say 14, 15 years because when we first met, I would want to say that there was a lot of chaotic energy going on. And it was between both like each of us in our own personal lives and both being new to recovery and then trying to figure out who we were. And then when you go on this like sobriety journey together, it's sort of like you start becoming healthy together and you don't realize that you've gone through the rapids and now you're just sort of like, you know, on this lazy river and you're just kind of like, oh, we've always been here. That, that's really what it feels like. We've always been here. We're floating along. Right. And we've always been here. That's that's the whole thing. It's like because we floated even through the rapids, even through the rapids. It's been very easy being your friend. It has been very easy being your friend. Oh, man. Well, it's mutual, man. It's mutual. And um, yeah, I can't imagine having gone through this recovery process and experience without you. And uh, again, the reason why I brought you on for the Single on Purpose podcast was because I think you have a lot of wisdom when it comes to dating, when it comes to intimacy, when it comes to relationships, even when we both respectively stumble in our relationships, Mm -hmm. in our dating. You know, there's just a lot of, I think, uh, uh, when you and I get together, there's a lot of transparency because that's what 12 step mm-hmm. teaches you and therapy as well. It teaches right. you to be right. uh, uh, honest, uh, intimate, vulnerable. Uh, you have to have all those. You have to build up those qualities, build them back up from the trash heap, the trash pile of the addiction. And now in the recovery, mm-hmm. healthy, spiritual living, uh, you've got to be honest like that. We've been very forthright with each other. And so I brought you on today to do the same kind of thing. So hopefully the audience will hear how we talk and, you know, how you bring some of your wisdom uh, to the conversations about dating. And I'm going to get right into it. Um, you sent a text on a text thread that we're both on. Uh, right. There's about 12 12 to 15 men all in recovery. It's all men. There are no women on there on recovery. And we use this text thread as a tool to um, just check in. It's accountability. It's just needing to be witnessed, right? A lot of times someone will put a rant up and just be like, heard, right? Right. Want to be seen. That's pretty much what it is. It's, it's like, I want to be seen. And it, it's a place to be vulnerable and to practice vulnerability, I think. You know, uh, especially if people choose to use it that way and see it that way, that, hey, I can be vulnerable here in the real world, which is slightly it is different than being vulnerable in the rooms because there it's like this closed space and everybody's vulnerable in there. But then when you have this recovery chain and you're out in the world, you're being vulnerable out there. I'm in the middle of my life and this is happening. I'm going to be vulnerable right now. So real it's complete, time. to me, they're different. Real time, real time, real situations. I'm here right now. This is happening. Help, you know. Right, right. So. Which is the beauty of the fellowship and the camaraderie that we build, like we said, these last 14 years and all these other right. men that we 
commune with and uh, share our lives with. So you're right. It's like real time uh, check in um, help mm -hmm. or or even, you know, there's like some celebrations or whatever. But again, oh, yeah. to, to stay on track, as you know, I'll get tangential, brother. I'll like go off and we'll be talking about Smurfs <laughs> and like the MCU in a second uh, if I'm not careful. But so we're on this thread, this recovery thread where men can check in about what's going on with their lives, um, if they're triggered, if they want to celebrate, if they're just checking in. You checked in on a date you had this weekend. Um, yes. uh, we may have to tell, uh, well, just I'm going to let you go ahead. Alan sent yeah. this text out to this group thread. And um, Alan, you may want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you present and then go into the text. And I'm just going to let you take it away. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's interesting because on this thread group that we are, I think I'm the only one that is gay. So um, I think that there, there, there may be other gay men out there, but I, if they're, I don't think so. Um, and if they are, they're going <laughs> to, yeah. So it's fascinating because, so I always come from a point of view that is clearly on the edge, right? Just because it's like, I'm on the periphery, but you know, Hey, I'm just going to be normal and, and myself with you guys. So I went on a date with this guy that I've gone out a couple of times with and exactly why I've gone out with him a couple of times is probably a whole nother podcast. And I haven't worked that out with my therapist yet, but until then, you know, like I wrote, I wrote you guys and I said, Hey all, uh, there's a reason why I'm single on a date and I'm trying not to be bored by them. Conversation. Why, oh, why is it so hard for straight men to talk? He's bisexual. And so his straightness is all I can attribute the boring to. Sorry, guys. I'm sure you all aren't. I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, I fell out. I saw this text and I'm like, wait, 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 dude. There are like so many, like you punched us in the gut like three times. Like you're on a date. Then you say the guy you're dating with is straight. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what the hell? I don't even know where you're coming from. Then you claim he's bisexual. And I, I said, I said it was a priceless share. And I said, look, dude, I'm straight and I don't think I'm boring, uh, but we got to talk about this. How the fuck are you even on this date? And then I did say, you're right, though. The ability to conversate is crucial. And then I said, also, straight American men aren't acculturated to share. So it's almost like I was, I was defending this poor guy who was with you, while at the same right. time... Well, at the same time, being very sympathetic to you because you got a big brain and you got a big heart. And, you know, we have four hour conversations without even thinking about it, which is why I'm like, dude, when we right. do this podcast tonight, we got to stay on for like 30, 35 minutes and get the fuck out. Right. So I'm like, all right, I'll do an outline. Stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> right. They came so, from behind. <laughs> so when you sent this out, I was like, how are you sitting with a person who, A, you confounded me about how you were identifying him. I'm like, wait, he's, he's gay or he's not. Why are you out there with a straight guy? And then you, again, substantiated that. And I thought, oh, my God, if you're with someone who isn't talking, you have got to be bored because I know that you can, right. again, cut up and carry on. So I said, though, straight American men aren't acculturated to share, at least not intimately or deeply. It's like the surface level shit only. Cars, movies, sports ball, polemics. It's a massive generalization, yet this is part of all these discussions we're having about getting into our feelings um, because so many of us aren't used to that. And I think you and I have a little bit of a, we have a leg up, not only with therapy, but 12 step in particular, like both, the combination of both, right? We have to be in our feelings. We have to step toward them, not deny them because one, that's a re the recovery process, but two, right. 
we want to go heart to heart, mind to mind, body to body with the people that we're interested in sexually, you know, uh, yes. uh, intimately. Right. So, well, you, off, you know, and go, I, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, I, like when you were talking just there, I was like speculating that part of the reason maybe why the two of us are able to one just talk so freely and, and be in our emotions. It might be a, a generalization and I'll have to look into it more, but because we are both mixed race. And when you grow up having to move between like different ethnic groups, different cultural spaces, and you're moving back and forth between them, you, you have to learn how to navigate and navigate quickly in a way. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just sort of like, Hey, I'm going to, now I'm here and I have to talk to these people and now I'm here and I have to talk to these people. And so, yeah, we can talk like you can talk on a surface level almost with everybody, but then recovery gives you that ability to be vulnerable and talk honestly, right? So it's like, I can talk on all things, but now I'm going to talk authentically and honestly about and from a space of where I'm at. Yeah, no, well, well fucking put. This is why I uh, invited Alan, everybody. Um, you were talking about code switching. You know, we, we had to put on yeah. different hats depending on who we're talking with. And in a way, again, that's probably a whole other fucking podcast, how we even do that in dating uh, right, right. Anyway. And in fact, maybe we'll get to it by the end of this podcast. But the rest of the, my response was, you know, again, it's a little bit of a generalization, but so many of us men just don't know how to be vulnerable, don't know how to share. So, of course, the conversation is going to wane because what do you right. do when you're in this quiet space with just some other guy and it's right. a date? And do we like right. each other? Do we not? I don't fucking know. You're watching football, which I'll fucking get to in a second, which is ridiculous to me. But anyway, the millennials... <laughs> The rest of my response was the millennials and Gen Zers are a little better off, um, but even they have their pushback against opening up. Um, my son, for example, like sometimes he has he has a, speaks from a very big heart, and I think that's that's mm -hmm. really his true person. But you know he's a teen, so every now and then he gets a little arrogant. And I'm like, oh man, even the Gen Zers will have those macho moments. You know, I was like, interesting. Yeah. And also his also his frontal lobe is exploding and the hormones are going everywhere. So I give him a lot of right, you know, I give right. him wide berth space. Still, yeah. Right. But still, um, uh, uh, certainly we Gen Xers, which is what we are, you know, born in uh, the early 70s, mid 70s. Um, we were raised by male boomers who are notorious for pushing old school John Wayne style chauvinism, patriarchalism, entitlement and emotionlessness. And right. Unless the emotions anger. And then it's like, have at it. Right. That's this is how easy. I, yeah. Yeah, this is how I this is how the West was won and how people were oppressed and how I keep my women down or my men when I'm dating them. Right. right? So, or myself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or myself. There you go. Right. Self-repression. So that was my response. And I was like, dude, we got to do a podcast on this. I'm fascinated by the fact that you ID'd the dude you were on a date with as both straight and bi and gay. I was like, that totally threw me. But yeah. what was the deal? What why why was there a dearth? of conversation and why did you subject yourself to that? That's what surprised me a little bit because you are, like I said, big hearted, yeah. big brained. What were you uh, doing? You know, I think that there's, um, I guess there's a part of me that does like him as a person. Uh, yeah. Um, I like him as a person and I, and I, had to switch my mindset to, Hey, we're just going to be friends. And so like trying to, I know I said date, but when I think about it, it's more like 
he and I are going to try and be friends or I'm going to try and just be friends with him because he's not at an emotional space that is something that I want, right? And I think maybe sometimes I think I'm going to just settle for something, you know, um, just settle for someone. And that's a problem, you know, um, that, that I often have, I think, is settling for people that aren't fascinating, you know, or mm. aren't interesting. And part of it is because, you know, there's not a big gay pond out here. You know, there just isn't. And those that are, are like, you know, looking for a different hook. So. Mm. A hook you don't, you know. a hook you don't fuck with anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, either, either they're just like, Hey, let's like hook up right away. Or it's just, uh, I can be too much. Right. You know, I can be too much of a person sometimes. So had you made it clear to this guy that, you were probably putting him in the friend zone by the time you had this, you know, my eyes roll thinking, oh my God, you say, as a matter of fact, everyone, I'm going to fuck, I'm going to call Alan out right now. In fact, I was like, dude, you got to call me when the date is done. We're going to turn this into a podcast. I keep blowing up how we're going to turn into a podcast. It's getting very meta. So hopefully this podcast doesn't land like a turd, right? It doesn't go flat. But <laughs> I don't think it will between the two of us, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what the ratings say. Um, but uh, uh, I was like, dude, you got to contact me like about this date when it's done, holler. And you're like, well, I'll just call you tomorrow. This was Saturday. You said, I'll call you Sunday. I was like, bitch, what? I was like, why? <laughs> and you're like, well, it's going to be about four hours. I was like, what the fuck? Okay, you just said it was like half miserable. The guy's not talking. What are you doing? We're watching football. I was like, what? You might as well have told me you were at Hooters, like, you know, with the <laughs> shitty wings and like titties, you don't, you know, breasts you don't care at all about with a dude whose sexuality was ambiguous. And I'm, it's it's going right to the point that you're making. Like, you know, yeah. were you going out with someone you weren't fascinated by? And I love that description of, of what we can do. We can avail right. ourselves that. Like, why the fuck not? Why am I going to settle? Right. So were you settling? And then also, had you got him hip to the fact that you were probably friend zoning his ass? I, I think so. But. I, that's one part where I know that I have to be clear on what, I mean, cause friend zoning someone, you know, you don't, I don't want to be like, take backsies, you know, because I used to do that a lot early in recovery. Let's just be friends. Just kidding. Let's be friends. Just kidding. I swear. That's just drama. But I did that a lot in early that's recovery. Like borderline. That's that. like dating borderline personality. Like, come here. I love it you. Is. I'm punch you in the face. No, 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 no. I, I mean, no, no, no. Come no, back. Come no, back come I back. really do. I really care. I really, really care. I, I did that a lot. Oh, I was a mess early on because early, early sobriety does not mean like intellect, like emotional security. Right. So it's like, like the two aren't related. It's just like, I'm abstinent. I'm sober from my addictions, but I don't have the emotional wherewithal yet to navigate this. Right. So that comes with time. And now it's sort of like, I think he knows. And if he doesn't, I have to be clearer about it. I have to be clearer that, hey, we're just friends. Um, and I realize that because, yes, I, I love sports, right? So it's like I like football. I like baseball. And so I was there for the game, too. So it's like, hey, I'm watching a game with somebody else, right? So Where were you guys? That part Where was were you guys? We went to a bar. We went to a bar. You were at a and bar. And so okay. we were at a bar. And, um, and then 
we finished the game and like I came home. But it was interesting because, you know, last night I went to a different sports game, uh, sports game. What is this? I went to a different football game last night and it was with like a, a fan group for the fans that I follow. And so it's like I'm there, you know, I'm like, I think I'm the only gay person here again. Right. So it's just like but there's this guy that keeps making eyes at me. Right. And so it's it's sort of like those eyes that are like, hey. I kind of want to sleep with you, but hey, I don't know, you know, and then we start talking and then he's just like, oh, I left my girl at home. I came here. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Again? Um, Again. If I had a daughter for every time you attract (laughs) straight or or insecure or on the DL men who then have to drop dime on their wife or girlfriend. I, we would not be talking right now because I'd be in like fucking Pacific Palisades in my mansion. Yes. That's, yes. that's a whole other podcast, man. And so is also being gay and being all into sports ball because I am straight. I, ideas hetero and, and cis and dude, I couldn't care less, which I think is just, it's, that's always just kind of tickled me about our friendship. But you're like, Hey, did you see the game? I'm like, fuck. No, I didn't see the game. I, no, I, I <laughs> like Harrison Ford said once, you know, I don't have Harrison Ford said once, I don't have that gene. That's me. I don't have the gene. There's yeah. no room left in this brain with all the shit right. already going on. And I, you know, this is how we're friends. Right. Pop culture, politics, ethnicity, race, history, all right. the shit we talk about, uh, uh, spirituality, uh, uh, recovery. Right. I do not have right. room to find out what some fucking quarterback on some team in what division? I don't even know these two different divisions you're talking about. National American. I yeah. don't give a shit. I, it, it's not in me. It's not in me. Yeah. Again, could be another podcast. So anyway, I, you go to you the know, second bar. But that that that's right. So I go there. And so then we make eyes for a, a while until I'm like, okay, I'm reading his signals correctly. Now I'm going to talk to him. Right. And then he starts, he starts with his like, ambiguous flirting back where he's like touching my shoulder, you know, giving me fist bumps and everything like that. So I'm like, okay, I read this correctly. And then he's just like, oh yeah. Um, so I told my girl that I was going out tonight and I'm like, I just, it's fascinating. I was kind of like dumbstruck again because I was like, how does this keep happening? I don't, I really don't understand. I, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I don't think I present as the straightest guy. I mean, my nails are fucking painted, right? You know, which doesn't mean anything, but like, I'm clearly gay. You know, it's like, I, I think, I think, and they might think that it's like, oh, I can be like that, you know? And so maybe they're slightly attracted to that. But at the same time, they're like, I'm not about to come out of the closet for that. They're dipping their toe this is this by the way everybody this is all theoretical this is all conversational right. I, I, there are no whatever this is just talking there's no hard fast rules about any of this right, right right this is anecdotal it's your personal experiences but the reason why right. I'm, I'm putting that out there is because a it has happened to you so often b no i do not see you as like super closeted or anything you are who you are and people get to talking right. to you and eventually it's going to be like oh all right but yeah. even before we were starting to record this podcast, you said this weekend you were dating the gayest stray guys, straight guys ever. And it happens to you time ever. and time again. And I wonder if they dip their toe and then you're affable as fuck and you're tall. Uh, I'm like a little shrimpy 5'8". Alan is like 6'3". And then some. And uh, uh, I'm only 6'1". 6'1". You're only 6'1"? 
Uh, so yeah, I don't know if it's fun, but when you're when you're that much taller than five nine, it just like you're talking to a giant. So I'm just <laughs> you got to it before I did. I was gonna be self deprecating. I was gonna be self deprecating, and then you savaged me anyway. So good for you. I'll take that hit, fucker. So yeah, no, you're you're tall as shit, and and you know, and he's a good looking guy. He's tall. Also, you're noticeable. You know, you're brown, tall. I mean, it's not that there aren't other Latinos or black people out here, but still, you're you're pretty distinctive, fucking looking, handsome dude. Right. And yeah, I think they dip toe. Then they're like, oh wait a right. minute, I'm getting kind of a a, a little gaydar here. And then right. before it, the heart opens up a little bit, or, or the defenses go down, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, my girl. Isn't that such a weird? Right quick self-defense right. thing like like like, yes. like you're cute yes. but i've got a girl whoops that's it well and 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 it's a like when you say it like that as a shield or a defense mechanism most people when they're dating have one they they have a radar system that they will put up right away to protect themselves right i'm about to be vulnerable here this person i want to be vulnerable with them shields up shields up right and so they start putting those things in place to see whether or not it's going to be a, a, a distract, like a detractor for them. Because like he said, like he said it, but I didn't just go, oh, straight, Ugh, you know, straight person, you know, keep your straightness away from me. I didn't do any of that. Right. It was just sort of like, OK, here we go again. And then still like enjoy the game. And then, you know, you're just free with him. And so then he becomes even more free. Right. Where he's more touchy feely, right? As the game goes on, right? He like puts his arm around me. He's like, yeah, this game is good. Slides his arm around my waist. He's like, oh yeah, this is, a... and I'm just like, and then he walks away in the middle of the game to go hit up some girls on the other side of the bar. And I'm just like. To reestablish his, his heteroness. He, he, he's like. That's it. I, Cause dude, when That's you it. said put, put, put his arm around your waist, brother, I love you. You're a brother from another mother. I will never be at a sports event and put my arm around your waist. Even if we weren't friends, if, if we were just meeting, I would never do that in a million right. years. So how you attract right. these dudes who are so caught up in their own ambiguity is just uh, fascinating. And we're, we kind of got a, a, a tangent here, but you did make a great point about um, defense mechanisms and how people date mm -hmm. and how much you are willing to show. Do you have a sort of run of show? Do you have like, a, B, C, D, and, you know, is, is it choose your own adventure? Right. And if, if she or he says X, I'm going to say Y. If they say yeah. Z, I'm off to A and I'm the fuck out of here. Like, what is that whole process? As yes. a matter of fact, that leads me right to our next point. We don't have much more time. Well, we have all the time we want, but I'm trying to keep this, mm -hmm. keep us locked to a, to a little, you know, reasonable amount of time of yammering. It reminds me of something that I say as a sex and love addiction coach all the time in my classes. And I got this phrase from you and I swear to God, I got chills a little bit right now because seriously, people have responded so often, dude, I've been doing this like three and a half years, did it a couple of years ago, but, but mainly just three and a half years ago in three and a half years in earnest, sex and love addiction mm -hmm. coach, intimacy coach, divorce, relationships, codependence, uh, what have you, um, relationships in general. And what I bring to the table that is directly from you is that dating is practice. And when you first said that, and people do, people freak out when I say that, dude, they love that. Right. But I give a qualifier because when you first right. said it to me, I was like, dating is practice, but like cynically, like we're just supposed to go out there right. like Johnny finger guns, which I kind of like, I kind of have that. I think you do too, yeah. but you know, very social and everything, but it wasn't cynical. It was, can you explain, right. expand on what I share with these folks and how I, I'm sure you know how I explain it 
So you go ahead. You're the one who came up with the whole concept. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I got it from my sponsor, you know, who helped me like work through my dating, you know, early in recovery. Cause I, well, mid recovery, because I was, like I said earlier, I was a bad dater to begin with, right? That I would be like, I love you. I need you. I love you. I need you. Which is like codependency issues and everything like that. And it was like thinking that every date was like by the end of every date, I was going to get on bended knee and propose, right? So it's almost like that's how I was going into every single date that like this person is going to be the one and the date has to be like that. If it doesn't end with the one, then it was a failed date. And so I'm talking with my sponsor and he says, you know, think of it as practice. And I'm like, okay, you know, dating is practice. And so you know, I told my sponsees it and, you know, I tell friends all the time. I'm like, think of it as practice where you're, you're going to go out and just, you're going to try being yourself to the best ability that you can, right? It's, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm not going to put any expectations on them or myself that this is going to go somewhere. It's not going to end up in the bedroom. It's not going to end up at the altar. It's not going to end up there. It's just going to be, hey, I'm going to be here getting to know you, right? Mm-hmm. And and you practice it. it. It does require practice because otherwise you're competing against all of your fantasies all the time. Mm-hmm. Every time you go on a date, you're competing against your fantasies of what, like, because you like the person. So you have a fantasy of what it's going to be. It's going to be like this. Uh, maybe, maybe, but you got to practice it. You know, you got to, you got to practice being that person you imagine yourself to be when you are with them, because you don't imagine yourself as who you are. Generally, you imagine who you really want to be and they bring out the best in you and you bring out the best in them. And that requires practice because our, our character flaws, our character defects have a way of like getting in the way. Just like this one guy who's just like, oh, my girl, and then runs off. And I'm like, fuck it, what, you know? And, 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 and my, my thing is like, I pick those guys. I pick that type of guy out, right? Like the, the guy that from the day before, I saw him on a personal ad. So it's like, there's nothing in the profile that says, oh, I'm going to be emotionally unavailable and, you know, going to be bisexual and be all this weird stuff and not carry a conversation. I just choose the picture and I'm like, Hey, you. And then I'm like, fuck again. You know? So it's like, there was no profile. There was nothing to read. There was no paragraph or anything. Well, no, likes, you read dislikes. it, but yeah, but people, you spend time on that. I mean, those, those are these manufactured things that, you know, people put in there and they're just like, I'm going to put my best foot forward. And you're like, okay, now you have to go practice that. Are you really going to be, be that? Cause most people aren't. That's exactly what I was going to pick up that you were dropping down is that, yes, we have to check our fantasy. We have to check our expectations. At the same time, we we are trying our best to be vulnerable because you don't want to have this shield up and then you're not being your authentic self. You're, you're this guarded version of yourself, which isn't going to allow any frisson or pheromone, right? It's going to, it's going to inhibit the whole process. Um, so you got to be authentic, but you got to check fantasy. It's like this yin yang and you got to be yourself, yeah. but 
come on, we all are putting our best foot forward. Now, what's interesting, and I will share this 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 anecdote because I was as you know, I'm in a relationship now, and I was dating off and on for about the last year and a half, um, a good mm-hmm. part of 2022, maybe a little bit of 2021, but 2022 for sure. I just put myself out there. Um, right. And actually, that was the end of it was 2021 and 22. Anyway, uh, I remember like it's very point. Sometimes it's not poignant. That's being like, let me get a fucking violin and play it for you. But no, it's just very interesting the way I have to go about exactly what we're talking about, because I'm an open book. We're sitting here talking about we've both broken our anonymity. We're in S groups and 12 step, but we, we have lives that we this is part of our lives. And we're out there with it. Mm-hmm. And people will I'll be like, go fucking internet stock me like go go for it right away you i am an open book you will see all the shit that you're gonna you would have otherwise asked questions about so i sit down with someone right away and she's like so what's this sex and love addiction coaching thing i'm like yeah i'm so you love it and automatically that goes to well because i am one right because mm-hmm. i come from it honestly i coach it because right. i'm in recovery and it's changed my life for the better so i have no choice but to be super vulnerable. And I think the part that you're talking about, the practice, by practicing and going on date after date for the last year and a half, and really, I mean, I'm social anyway. I'm an extrovert anyway. And mm-hmm. I love I love hearing people's stories. I got a good little trick for everybody on the Single On Purpose podcast. Have the other person talk. I could, here we are, dude, we could, <laughs> dude, this podcast can go for four fucking hours if we're not careful, right? Both of us are loquacious as fuck. And we have plenty to say right. and plenty of opinions. That said, I try to, I right. try to put the ball in the other person's court, not as a pressure thing, but as like it, 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 it relaxes people. If you say their name and if you're like, if, if I propagate the conversation, then they're not like searching for it or whatever. And I, I just presume right. I'm pretty good with conversation. So I just like put right. it out there. And again, that is practicing me and authentically me. Yeah. Hey, tell me about you. And also because I want to know. Again, it's not a pressure thing. Yes. Well, that plus I think, I think also you like, Part of the reason why I think I wrote you guys too is was a reminder to myself, wait a second, I, I do like conversation and I do like humor and I'm not getting it here, right? Brilliant. So, <laughs> you know, because it's like, like you, you tell your friends, hey, I'm going to be on a date. And then, you know, it's like you, you serve in Bali and you serve it. And if they respond, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, oh. My God, you're not that hot. I'm sorry. You know, you, you cannot do that. You're not that hot. Clearly. Right. That, 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 that's just, but it was like a reminder to myself, wait a second, I can be witty. I can be funny. And I can't expect that. Right. I can't expect that. I may not be getting it here and I deserve it. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. And, and I'm not getting it from there. And I'm like, okay. And so when I say, when you friend zone someone and you're like, okay, that's just going to be like a friend. Um, it's like, I can maybe tolerate that behavior out of a friend that I see only on occasion, but it's not somebody I want to date long-term. And you had to go on the date and avail yourself to the discomfort and the vulnerability and maybe a little awkwardness in order to, because it could have gone the other way. It could have been comfort and uh, uh, loquaciousness and energy yes. and freeze on. It could have been all those things, but you have to put yourself out there in the first place, which is again, the practice, like just, it's kind of Nike. It. It's kind of like, just go do it. And the more you do it, you'll probably be a little That's more comfortable it. in your own skin. 
and and That's about right. sharing. I mean, come on, dude, we have some shit to share. If a person gets on right. like date two, date three, date four, oh by the way, this. Oh by the way, uh, you know, my family life exploded. Oh, I got fired from jobs because of the addiction. So right, yeah. we got stories to tell. And um, you 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 should you should have a personality, right? That that's why you're you go on a date is you're like working out your personality. Quite frankly, when you think about it as as practice, because it's kind of like, especially when we are in like coming from a place of recovery where, you know, some people stayed in their rooms all night long. Right. So it's just like my closest relationship is with, you know, my Nintendo, Sega, whatever we whatever, like I play video games or with my computer. That's like my closest relationship. And now you're like, oh. I'm not in a, I'm not engaging in fantasy anymore. So I have to practice this person in reality. I have to practice flirting. I have to practice taking compliments. I have to practice all of these things. And there's nothing wrong with it. All professional athletes practice. All artists practice. It's not, you know, you don't just go out there and write your first great novel. You don't go and hit a home run. You have to practice. You, you, show up, you go out, and then you say, was that date bad because of me? Or was that date bad because of them? Right? And it's like, and I wrote and I just said, I really think that it's like his straightness is it. And it was tongue in cheek. It was tongue in cheek. But at the same time, over the weekend, like the next day, Sunday, yesterday morning, I went to the coffee shop, and I was just planning to read and I sat there and then this guy across the room started talking to me and we just started talking and we talked for three and a half, four hours nonstop. And he's like, I have so many things to do today. And I was like, I do too. But at some point I told him, I said, I decided I'd rather be here. And so here I am. And I'm not even worried about that anymore. It'll be there. Is, you know? is that a is that a spark between you two? Did you decide to go out on? I mean, it wasn't a date. This was like some spontaneous conversation that turned into something right. fomented in something lengthy and a little deeper yes. than you would normally expect. It almost was like a date. Just just it was spontaneous. Right. What do you? It was almost like the same time. Well, so I don't know if if he was gay or straight. So it doesn't work. I I decided that he is gay because. Okay. And I decided it because I, I had to be, I was being vulnerable. Like I, I saw myself in the middle of the conversation. Am I going to be vulnerable right now? Or am I going to put up a shield? And, and I generally only put up shields with available gay men. Right. I don't do that with like, um, like I don't need to put up a defense mechanism when the ambiguously straight guy puts up his shields because at that point it's like, I don't need a defense. He's got his defense mechanism on. I can just go be myself. Right. Whereas if this other person is going to be like, I'm going to be emotionally available to you right now. I have to then go, Oh no, I'm going to be, am I going to be emotionally available or am I going to put up my own defense mechanisms? And I said, I'm going to just be emotionally available. So this is you, this is, so you're giving us like the real time decision-making that's happening, the, 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 the feels that are coming up and the decisions you yes. make, this is you, uh, walking your talk like, Oh shit, I really yes. do have to practice being me right now. Cause I'm kind of getting a good feeling, kind of getting a good vibe, whether you're yes. looking or not, whatever, but you just get, you guys had a vibe right. clearly. And then you're, like, you're like, 
defense or not, like, no, be vulnerable. And that's what we learned in 14, that's almost it. 15 fucking years of recovery is to allow ourselves that's to be that way. That's kind of a, that's it. We're, yeah. That's, that's kind of a nice note to end on because we were going to go on this whole tangent about celibacy and taking a year off. And, and cause I thought that was all pertinent mm. to um, the single on purpose, this whole podcast series, but um, uh, uh, that's a great note to end on. And I also thought if you wanted to just cap this with what we're talking about with practice is before we got on, we read about this trend of dating with no expectations. I think these people mm -hmm. that are writing these articles now mm -hmm. are doing what you've been saying for years and what I've been telling my client, my clients and my classes and sessions for the last three years is I don't tell them don't have expectations per se. Um, although right. that is, that is at it, although that is kind of a nice phrase to put, because when you tell people to do that, then it's like, if you have expectations, then you're going to have resentments, just go in and be yourself. Don't worry about it. See what happens. Just like you've been saying the last like 10, 15 minutes. Right, right, right. But, but it's interesting that there's now this, you've been saying, you know, date as practice, dating as practice for years. And now there's this whole series of articles about dating with no expectations because people go in, like you're saying, it's like, I'm going to be married. I love you right away. I, it, it, there's all this front loaded fantasy expectation. It's hope, but it's hope that's like curdled into like this unrealistic um, torch right. you're carrying for someone you don't even fucking know. So it's like, just go in. That's it. Oh, that's it. I'm sorry. That, that's, that's it. Exactly. Like you are, your that whole front loaded thing is like you don't even have time to get to know the other person because they you have made them into your fantasy you, you have made them into mr right miss right they're going to be the perfect person they're going to be perfect and bad they're going to be perfect and all of this stuff and so you're not even getting to know them as a person because you're trying to get to put them into your boxes of what makes perfect they're what already on a Mr. Right. They're already yeah. on a pedestal before you fucking sit down at the coffee table, you know, uh, the the coffee house table, right. coffee house. We don't say that cafe, whatever. And and yeah, it's yeah. already like oh my god, such a hurdle to, to to jump. And I just think again, if we can do a little bit more of what you advise and what some of these articles about no expectations advise, just be yourself, see what happens. I in that year and a half. Uh, 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 and we can end, I don't know how to end this fucking thing. We'll figure out a way. But in the year and a half that I, that I was dating, one person did say, you know, you're, I was considerably older. I was about a decade plus older than this person and, uh, who I was crushing on and was, was telling her and she was like, you know, and you've got your kids and you're divorced and, and, you know, what if I want kids and marriage and all this? And she went all the way down the line and I didn't feel disrespected and I didn't disrespect her. I didn't think less of her. For sharing right. that, that's, that was her sort of, uh, that was her ideal. That's what she was right, shooting right. for on a date. And I, but later right. on, I thought, you know, that's good that she knows what she wants. But at the same time, I was like, but what about us just like enjoying each other and see what happens? Who gives a fuck? Like, like I'm not even thinking, of course I'm not thinking about marriage. I'm thinking about, right. are we going right. to go on a date or two or five and mm -hmm. then see what happens? And I think that's what you put out there that, all the time with this dating as yeah. practice. That, that's, you know, the whole idea of this single on purpose and to me, dating as practice fits in with it simply because we had talked earlier that there's different types of dating. There's dating to date, which is just like, hey, I want to go out and get to know people. I want to go out and I'm going to just like 
be date me. to get to know them. Uh, yeah, I'm mean, gonna date to to be me to see how do I like this? How do I do that? You know, and you just go out and have fun. And then there's like dating to marry somebody, right? You know, it's like oh, I'm dating because I'm looking for Mister or Miss Right. And so that's not single on purpose. That's dating with a purpose. My goal is to be married in three months and have a kid in four. I mean, really, that, that those are completely different expectations. And I don't know if one is as vulnerable when you're dating that way than the others, because you're dating with a purpose. You're, you're dating to get somebody to say, I do. And it sounds like an expectation, which is what we were talking about in the first place. And, and again, yes. I don't think these folks are wrong. I just have a very different mindset about it. And I will admit that if I'm I coaching folks, if I'm coaching folks on it and they ask me flat out, I'll give them my opinion. I'll be like, do you? And if that is your right. thing, like I want Prince Charming, I want Cinderella. Okay. Go out and that's your intention. That's the intentionality you're going out with. And if that's true to you, great. But I think this conversation has been more about. What happens when we just put ourselves out there, live in the moment, uh, 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 in the present, not not future tripping, right? And 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 just finding out this person really can talk. And you know, I'm not as physically attracted as I thought I'd be, but goddamn, we have great conversation. She makes me laugh. Or That's this it. guy is insane shit. And also, I don't even know if he's gay, and I am. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> but like, it just well, takes... it. yeah, because it's like. You're when you're dating from a, a place of practice and you're dating for practice, that's a red flag. It's not a firework. I mean, and so those are two different things, right? That you're just like, oh, there's some red flags here. I don't need to try and turn them into fireworks so that I can keep going out with you. Mm-hmm. Right. You, you're not forcing the scenario. You're just you're not forcing it. You're, you're just there. And, it's kind of like the metaphor you started with. You're just going down the current, going down the Rio Grande in your little inner okay. tube. There's a couple of uh, rapids, but uh, hopefully you just, you know, go down, go down the river with the inner tube with somebody and uh, see what happens next. I don't know if that yeah. metaphor works to wrap it all up, but I appreciate you uh, coming on, man. And uh, we'll do a couple Oh, yeah, more anytime. Anytime. <laughs> Thank it you was very- fun. And like you said, we could keep going for a long time. And, <laughs> and yeah, so... Thank you very much, Alan Herring the third, my brother from another mother. Uh, we're both in twelve-step recovery for uh, uh, sex and love addiction. Both writers, and uh, we like the bullshit like this. So we'll be uh, jumping on again some other time, I'm sure. Talking about relationships, dating, being single on purpose, dating with a purpose, or not dating with a purpose, dating uh, what authentically? Uh, uh, what's your phrase? That practice, sounds like it should be my personal ad. <laughs> I might have to transcribe that as my personal ad. <laughs> do it, do it. All right. Thank you so much, Alan. Appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye for now, everyone. Bye. I hope that episode was helpful. Hey, listen, if you want to share your singlehood journey, if you've gone somewhere, come back. If you have revelations and wisdom, please share your story. It's going to help other people. Nothing makes us feel more connected than hearing other people's stories. So just send me the audio of your story and you could just record it directly from your phone and email it to theangrytherapist at gmail.com. Also, if you want our Single on Purpose newsletter, go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. You will get 
tools and articles and other people's stories and also uh, Zoom links to private gathers. So if you want to join our community, go to singleonpurpose.life. Thank you for listening. Be well. We hope you tell a friend. Hey, before you go, I want to invite you to the Single on Purpose private community online. It's off of social media. No ads, no algorithms. We got forums. We got live groups. We got webinars. And we have social hangs. We also have offline in-person hangs happening soon. So check us out. Go to singleonpurpose.life. That's singleonpurpose.life. And I will see you inside.